You're listening to Metal and High Heels, the official podcast from the magazine about metal, lifestyle, and entertainment. Hello, this is Kiki and you're listening to the Metal and High Heels podcast. And this is Pia. We continue with talking about bands again, and this time we will talk about the birthday massacre. Before that, I have to mention a funny Nightwish song, because in the last episode, Steffi said that Battle Beasts sometimes sound like Nightwish and Funny, and they had a not-so-serious cover song called Where Were You Last Night? It was on one of the Once singles, and if you don't know it yet, you should definitely listen to it. But to start with the birthday massacre now, Kiki, first question for you. Is the birthday massacre a real metal band? Damn, good question. <laughs> um, I would say yes. Okay, why? They rock, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would say they are heavy enough. Yeah, I agree. Um, I always call them something between crossover or a mixture between metal and synthy pop. And I always ask myself why they have two guitar players, because I see no reason for them to have two guitar players. Then we're true. starting this podcast with, <laughs> with something something negative about the band. That's not good. Bad vibes. The controversy. <laughs> the controversy, okay. Um, there are some news that um, on April 5th um, they announced on Facebook that they will release a new album this year, September. Yeah, I also saw that and I was very excited. Yeah, and they will do a crowdfunding campaign again, which they also did with the last album, with Under Your Spell. And they had some really cool gimmicks in that last campaign. But we will come to that later. Um, something else that I really, really like about the Birthday Massacre is that it is a band that you can play on every party without any exception. Because nobody I know doesn't like the birthday massacre. They're not all fans of the band, but nobody says, oh, please turn off this music because I don't like it, which happens with a lot of metal bands, obviously. Mm -hmm. How about you? Do you play them on parties? Well, you see, <laughs> I don't play any rock or metal at all at parties. <laughs> not really. <laughs> um, only like uh, the classics. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's too bad but I do uh, listen to the birthday massacre when I'm like uh, getting hyped up to go out or whatever so it is kind of a for me it is a, a good mood uh, music or, or some songs are put me in a good mood yeah mm -hmm. but you don't play them when you have guests or something nope okay that's what I do when I don't want to think about uh, which music I'm putting on Because, as I said, um, nobody says something against the birthday massacre. <laughs> oh, really? That's mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. So your your audience is has approved the birthday massacre. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no matter what music they are listening to normally. Nice. Um, let's talk about some basics of the band. Mm, all the musicians have nicknames and pseudonyms. And what is really typical for the band is that they always use the colors violet and pink. Yes, some very nice colors. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, I think violet is your favorite color and pink is mine. So <laughs> perfect band for us somehow. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, the bed in general is very visual. Um, the stage outfit always um, fit to the other stage outfits. So they they have a look on stage. What is your um, your impression on that? Is it still the case? Because I haven't yeah, seen I them live that. for a long time. I did. I I have seen them live lately, um, and they do make a very uniform impression. Which doesn't mean like you know, uniform might sound like boring, but it's actually the opposite. It uh, gives me the impression that they have actually thought about what they are doing or what they are wearing. Yeah, absolutely. So that's um, really good. I think. On the first or the second album, they were also wearing school uniforms. So <laughs> uniform fits good. Yeah. They have a, a kind of totem animal. <laughs> I think we called it totem animal when talking about Sonata Arctica. Um, but what the wolf is for Sonata Arctica is the bunny for the birthday massacre. Because the bunny is the logo of the band. And it often appears, mm -hmm. um, for example, on merch or also on the CDs. For example, um, I think it was Walking with Strangers. There are figures on this on the CD. And at least one figure has the bunny ears. And on the yeah. Under Your Spell album, um, there is a skull and a bunny. Yes, and I think for their crowdfunding campaign, one of the perks were the bunny ears as a merch mm. item. I thought that was genius. That was really nice. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should wear bunny ears when we go to the next concert. But they didn't plan a tour yet. I hope they will do one with their next album, also in Germany. Yes, I was just checking out when I saw them uh, live last time. And it was actually in 2017. Yeah. In October 2017, it's been too long. <laughs> that's true but the band um, releases CDs every two or three years and if they release their next album this year they have this two year period and mm -hmm. I think that's really cool because I don't like it if I have to wait so long for the next album of the band which I had with Children of Borom and Nightwish I'm still waiting for a new Nightwish album <laughs> um, and I think I mentioned it in another podcast that if I have to wait too long, then I'm not interested anymore. That happened with the yeah. Children of Bodom album because it came out and I, one week after the release, I got so many um, suggestions on YouTube that I should listen to this or that Children of Bodom song. And I was like, oh, I think they released the new album now. <laughs> so I totally didn't think about it anymore until... I don't know, until um, they released it now, finally. So I like it if bands release oh. in very short periods. Yeah, that's cool. That is good. It also means they are um, working hard all the time, right? Yeah. And they keep in touch all the time. Yeah, so that's good. Should we start talking about the albums? Yes, but... Before that, um, I have 
I found out, which I didn't know before, um, that the band was actually found as Imagica. But before they released their first CD, they changed the name from Imagica to The Birthday Massacre because there is a death metal band in California which was called Imagica. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Me neither. Um, yeah, but then when they released Nothing and Nowhere, they were already called The Birthday Massacre. And they also changed the name of the first song on the album, which is now called Happy Birthday. That's what we know. But um, even if you listen to the lyrics, um, they always sing about the birthday massacre. So um, the song was just called the birthday massacre before. And they chose the name because everybody knew this song from them. Oh, wow. Yeah, Nothing and Nowhere. It was released in 2002. Mm, and it has some really nice songs on it. For example, Happy Birthday, which is very, very typical for the band. And one of my all-time favorite songs of the band is also Video Kit. That's a very electronic song. Well, that's their signature sound as well, right? Yeah, but they the they have rocky songs or very metal metalish songs. And some of them are more electronic. And Video Kit is one of the more electronic songs, I would say. Did you listen to the first album? No, um, that's that's the secret <laughs> that has to come out <laughs> at this point. Um, I didn't listen to The Birthday Massacre until three or four years ago, maybe. I knew their name. Mm -hmm. I knew they existed, but I hadn't really paid attention to them until we saw them at Female Metal Event. And uh, you told me about them and we were preparing our interview and everything. And then I started to um, to listen to their music and I really liked it. But of course, that also means that I like the hits and the later, <laughs> their later <laughs> material. Okay. Um, I had the same with Love, Law and Dolls, which is funny because mm -hmm. their sound is very similar to The Birthday Massacre and we also saw them on Female Metal Event 2016, I think. Yeah, that's true. So, same year. <laughs> um, I didn't really listen to the first album that much, too. Um, there is one other song that is called To Die For, which they re-recorded for Walking with Strangers, the, band, uh, the album that came out in 2007. So that's another song that I know very well, and I also like Horror Show. And Horror Show is a good point when talking about the Birthday Massacre because the sound itself, even though I would call them a party band, but it's always also a bit um, kind of spooky. Yes, it is. The band does have a very spooky sound in general. I love it. That's a um, an interesting combination of this spooky sounds. They are very heavy, but they are also, I would call them a party band, and they have this electronics and synthy pop elements. And this mixture makes this band so special. It's just like their visuals, you know? It's like... This pretty purple color, but also very dark and like smoky. I don't know. That's at least the 
the feeling I get when I see their visuals and it's exactly how their sound sounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the logo also fits because they have this bunny with kind of blood on the mouth. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's a bit like um, Watership Down. <laughs> Um, the next album they released was Violet. And I think it was that album that came out in Europe before they released it in uh, their home country, in Canada and the USA and so on, because they were signed to a German label, to Repo Records. For some reason, they were more successful in Europe than in Canada and the US. Um, when they started, maybe it had to do with the with the times. Like gothic rock and gothic metal, I think was a bit more successful over here before that. Mm -hmm. When I started listening to metal, there were many people that were into gothic, and then the emo um, the wave. emo era came. <laughs> the emo wave came, yes, and the Bursley Massacre also fit into this emo style. So good times for them, at least here in Europe. I can I don't know what happened in America and Canada. Today it's all the same, but in the beginning of the 2000s, um, the world was not that close together already. So there have to be differences in this in that. Um, but a song that is very very popular from the Violet album is "Lovers End." And they yes, also I released, love that one. yeah, I think they still play it on every concert and it's a really cool song, also very spooky. And they recorded a live video for this song at the Meraluna Festival here in Hildesheim in Germany. And the video is very funny because it's, it's raining and people were standing there all with umbrellas. And so the video looks very funny with the audience hidden <laughs> under these umbrellas. Oh, <laughs> I find that very interesting because uh, a couple years later when they recorded and released their live uh, DVD and uh, CD, it was uh, recorded in Hamburg. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. So there's a, a strong connection to Germany for some reason. But talking about the Violet album, they have many songs that are named after colors. But two of them, I think, red and black, are only um, instrumentals, very short instrumentals. Mm -hmm. But especially Blue is a really, really great song in which Chibi also growls. And I didn't know that she's able to do this before I saw them at Maraluna 2006. And I really was impressed when she suddenly started growling in this song. <laughs> yeah, that's also um, that's also another very interesting thing because nowadays we know a lot of of female growlers, and uh, there are also more and more um, female metal singers who do both, like the clean singing and the distorted singing. And it's kind of been a new thing. And we've talked about this on our episode about female uh, vocals in metal and uh, others. Um, that there's this like wave of uh, 
women or female singers trying to do everything. But actually, back then, there were also a few who did both of the of the clean singing and the distorted singing. It reminds me of uh, Lisa Middelhaufer from Xandria, for example, in their mm-hmm. early, very gothic albums. She also growled a little. and But Chibi especially, she does a lot of different things with her vocals. She uh, does her sweet, clean singing and also the growls and also this very spooky horror speech. Like yeah. when, when she narrates something, it's like it's also very rhythmic it's kind of a growled rap almost it's very cool yeah i think she's one of the best singers in the whole metal genre because she can do so many different styles yeah she's really good and the music fits perfectly to her vocal styles so it's a very good combination that's true (laughs) um there is one song on Violet, to which they also released a music video, which is very, 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 very bad. <laughs> I think it's one of the worst songs I've ever listened to, especially because the lyrics are so strange. And the song is called Nevermind. It's the last song of the album. Okay. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> you can watch the video. And I think um, I also asked Chibi about this song on in our interview in 2016 and um, she really didn't want to talk about it oh really yeah i did i rewatched it today and she was like oh all times (laughs) listen to it and you will know what i mean yes i will do that let's go to the album that i think i listened to the most of all the the Birthday Massacre albums, um, because it came out after I started listening to them. As I said, I saw them live at Meraluna 2006. And um, when I drove to the festival with some friends, we were listening to all the bands who played there. And the Birthday Massacre was, was outstanding. And we said, oh, we have to see this band and they are so cool. Um, and that's when I started listening to it, listening to them. And one year after that, Walking with Strangers was released. Um, and I bought the album okay. and I listened to it a lot. I also um, saw them live two times on the tour. Um, I saw them in Bremen and in Hanover. My favorite song on the album is Red Stars because that's one of the metal songs they released it starts with very strong riff in the beginning and then changes into her sweet voice (laughs) i really like good night from this album Mm -hmm. what do you like about the song um i think it's very catchy i just like (laughs) i just said the name of the song and it started playing in my head (laughs) It's very uh, it's very them and it's also very memorable. Hmm. But that um counts for many of their songs. That's when true. you read the title there are only a few songs that don't start playing in my head when I read the title. For example, Science. 
I don't remember that song at all. <laughs> it is on the Walking with Strangers album, so I should know it. But I don't remember the sound of this song. Mm -hmm. um, but another really cool song on that album is the title track, Walking with Strangers. It automatically puts me into party mood. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't mention this band in our party metal episode. Maybe I did, but I don't remember if I did. We should re-listen to it. <laughs> yes, and uh, we will for that uh, link the episode on the show notes. Uh, just as every other thing that we mention that we're mentioning here on the show, and you can find the show notes at metal and highheelscom slash podcast 45. And if you know the answer to this question before we find out, you can also tweet at us at metal high heels or find us on Instagram at metal and high heels. What else? We are on YouTube. You can watch our two interviews with the band on YouTube. Um, we also have Facebook. That was the one <laughs> that I was missing. Yeah. So what's the question? If I mentioned the birthday massacre on our party metal episode. Oh, yeah. And if you're already typing a message to us, you can also tell us your favorite birthday massacre songs. Because mine is Red Stars. Ever, ever? Yeah. Most favorite ever, ever. Wow. There are some that I really, really like. But if you would ask me to pick a song from the Birthday Massacre and I would never be allowed to listen to any other song, then I would choose Red Stars. They did a single release for Looking Glass. And they also released a music video for this one. And the video plays in a classroom with um with many i think it's only female pupils um and the teacher does something bad with them so that their heads turn to porcelain i think and one of the pupils finds out and uh tries to stop him that's a music video with a story <laughs> a horror that's story a lot. wow yeah a very very short horror movie On the single, they put a song um, that wasn't on the CD. The song is called Shiver um, and some instrumentals and remixes. <laughs> and also the cover song, I, th I think we're alone now. I think it's a cover song. I didn't know this was a single release because I'm uh, looking at it on Spotify and uh, it has like eight tracks. So that's more of an EP mm -hmm. than a single. But yeah, I think they call it single because... The song basically is um, is on the album and it is a single output, but you could also call it EP, yeah. I mean, uh, it's an extended single maybe because there are a few remixes and instrumental track. And uh, yeah, it's really cool. So I think We're Alone Now is a cover? I think so. I could just Google it. I think we're alone now by Tommy James and the Shondells. Yeah, but the Birthday Massacre's version is better. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> In 2010, Pins and Needles was released. And that is when I uh, stopped listening 
to them for a while. And because I didn't like the album, I think I also reviewed the album for Power Metal DE and also for another magazine. Um, I really, really like the opener in the dark. They also released a music video for this one. That's really cool. That is, again, a kind of horror movie, but not with so many actors. Mm -hmm. But besides that, when I, listen, uh, when I read the, the song titles, the tune of the title track, Pins and Needles, pops up in my head and Sleepwalking. But the others... I don't have really? a deep connection to the other songs. For me, Control and Midnight are some of my all-time favorite songs. Mm -hmm. Oh, Control. We lose Control, yeah. Yeah, 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 I remember. But they're also on my all-time favorite song playlist, so... <laughs> so would you call Control your favorite The Birthday Massacre song ever? Yes. Yeah, I can choose between Control and Midnight. Good night. <laughs> But yeah, they're, they're definitely my top three TBM songs. Um, until then, at least, because the latest album was also very good. But we didn't yeah. mention, mention that the live DVD we've been talking about that was recorded in Hamburg uh, was called Show and Tell and released in 2009, right before Pins and Needles. I think that was also a symptom of the time, the fact that the band had one, two, three uh, albums before already doing a live DVD. I don't think that's something that uh, bands do anymore. Are there so many bands releasing live DVDs still? Exactly, not that many. <laughs> <laughs> Because I read that on the Children of Bodom Facebook page, I think, where they, or a lot of fans said, we would like to see another live DVD. And the band said, well, it's very expensive. Maybe they also said it in an interview. And they said it's, it costs so much money that um, they won't make any profit out of it. Oh, yeah. So that might be the reason, because with the, with the music industry um, not as successful anymore... It mm. makes sense that they don't don't have the money to make live DVDs anymore. Yeah, but on the other hand, um, you can listen to so many songs on Spotify nowadays. Um, and before Spotify, the bands were going on tour to promote their CDs. And now they release mm -hmm. CDs to promote their tours. So if they would release a live DVD and people would see, oh, that's a really, really cool live band, they might also go to a concert or they, their motivation to go to the concert might be higher. Yeah, I think that's done now uh, by means of um, just live videos and after movies, mm, yeah. tour after movies. Yeah, yeah true. Interesting topic. <laughs> um, talking about Birthday Massacre Live I could tell the story when I was in Bremen I think, yeah it was in Bremen um, we stayed there a while after the concert and then we met Chibi and Rainbow I think and we talked to them for a while and that was really funny because um, I found out that or she told me that 
She only knows one word in German, and that is Oberlippenbart, because of Adolf Hitler. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, but for them it was really funny. And she gave me a, a, a poster of the tour, mm -hmm. um, and I asked her to write Oberlippenbart on it, and she did it and also <laughs> painted a smiley. So it was very funny meeting her. Oh, that's great. They are a very friendly band. After we did the the interview in 2016, um, we got to talk to them and party with them even. <laughs> you also talked about that in your interview in 2017 when she said, oh, it's so cool to to see you again. And yes, she, she recognized uh, really remembered. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. So very friendly people. If you go to a concert, stay longer and talk to them. Yeah. So after Pins and Needles in 2010, there, there, then there was an EP. You mean Imaginary Monsters? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really listen to that one. I think it has a lot of remixes, also a control remix. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like But that. I didn't pay much attention to that one. Even though there are three new songs, Forever, Burn Away and Left Behind. But I can't say much about it. It was released in 2011. Eight songs again. Nice. I just listened to the uh, Control Remix for a little bit. And no, it's not as good. And yes, that's my favorite song. <laughs> my uh, favorite song. <laughs> okay. So let's just skip this one and talk about Hide and Seek. <laughs> yeah. Hide and Seek has one song that is my husband's favorite song of the band, and that is Play With Fire. It's a very calm song, but I also like it. And also Alibis and One Promise are really, really cool songs. I don't really recognize any of the, <laughs> of the songs by reading their titles. So hide-and-seek kind of... No, doesn't really ring a bell. <laughs> I think Down is one of the heavier songs. Mm, but the album is is not very rocky. It is more electronic, a lot of synthesizers. Not so many party songs. So maybe that's the reason why um, the songs are not so... So, so famous. Could be, yeah. But then they released Superstition in 2014. And that's an album to which I also listened a lot. It starts with Divide, which is a really cool song. And also um, Destroyer, I think she does some growls on that one again, which I think she didn't do on Hide and Seek and Pins and Needles. Um, yeah, and I like it when she grows sometimes because the um, it's always a kind of special effect um, because she's not doing it so often yeah that's that's what I was going to say it would lose this specialness or this value if she would do it all the time but um, just sprinkled like that every now and then <laughs> it's really nice and I think they released a music video for The title track, um, that is, it has a special atmosphere, but 
It is not as cool as the other music videos, as, uh, for example, Looking Glass. They have a video for Blue also, which is really cool. It is um, a video with puppets. I think I wrote a review for Superstition for our website, so we should also link that in the show notes. Yes. It was, um, it was also a very synthie-pop album. Not so many metal influences in this one. Oh, and the song Surrender sounds a lot like Depeche Mode. That's what I said, and I still think it is the case. And then there's this uh, video for Beyond that looks very, very cliche goth <laughs> in the forest. <laughs> and there's a tomb. And... Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think they're carrying Chibi to her grave or something, and then she wakes up. Kind of Snow White story. <laughs> I don't think it's Chibi. I think it's uh, just a woman. Yeah, possible. Maybe Chibi is one of the people who carries the the coffin. That's a cool song. After that. They started the crowdfunding campaign for Under Your Spell. Um, and to promote it, they took some demo songs and put them together on the... You could even call it an album, but it is a EP special release. I don't know. That is called Imagica. As I said, that's how the band was called before they uh, transferred the name to The Birthday Massacre. Um And you could have this as a perk when you gave money to to make the album happen. To pledge for the new release, yeah. And they made 200-something percent of what they needed to uh, to release under your spell. So that was very impressive. Totally, that sounds great. That, that explains why they again, want to uh, do a crowdfunding campaign for the new album. Sure, because they know that they have the support of the fans. Mm. Mm, I also took part in this um, crowdfunding campaign and um, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I followed them for a while because they had some really cool releases for the people who participated. Uh, mm -hmm. like other demos or instrumental versions or something. So you really got something for the money you gave them. Uh, and then suddenly there was the album in my mailbox and I was really surprised um, because I totally didn't remember that they sent this album to me. <laughs> um, and I was really happy because I really, really liked the album. They also released a video for One. I think it's a kind of band plays live video. Um, but my favorite song, I think, is All of Nothing. Or Counterpain also is a very cool song. But I listen to this one a lot. Um, and still do. Because I can't stop saying that 2017 is... A year with so many good releases. It was a very good year indeed. And by this time, I was also 
listening to the birthday massacre because we had had our interview with them in 2016 and mm -hmm. saw them live as well um that was also a great impression because you know i didn't really know the band then pia told me about it then we listened to some of the songs together and i was like ah, yeah sure whatever but then we saw them live at um in holland at female metal event and that was that really won me over because chibi has such an amazing stage presence and mm -hmm. she's also such a nice person as well that i remember after a few beers <laughs> i remember uh, talking to Chibi and asking her, how the hell do you do this? Because it's, she just irradiates so much confidence on stage, so much power. And she was like, I don't know myself. <laughs> It was very cool. Yeah, she's a very down-to-earth person, I would say. Exactly, yes. So I also listened to Under Your Spell after that. And, uh, well, the title track is uh, one of my favorites from that album, but it's also a very cool one. I'm a bit jealous because I didn't see them live with that album. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, 2017. They don't they, tour that much. They then um, came over to tour Europe with the metal, no, female metal voices tour. Uh, along with Serenia and The Agonist and mm. two other support bands, which I, again, will say five bands on one night are too long. Five bands yeah. is a festival. Three bands is a concert. And three bands, it's like tough. Mm -hmm. So please stop doing that. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, please. So, um, <laughs> no, but... Um, They had their their set. It it wasn't like shorter because there were five bands. Luckily, it was a very very cool um, set. Uh, Under your spell was amazing live, um, the song at least, <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh, I had a lot of fun. Cool, and I can't wait to see them again. I hope they do a similar tour. Um, by the end of this year, or maybe next year, when they have the new album out. Yes. Um, the interview you had with her is very cool because um, she talks about her makeup routine. <laughs> That was very funny. And she also calls herself a feminist. Yes. That is great. And it's uh, still very important. So. Hi, Chibi. How are you doing? Welcome Good. to uh, <laughs> welcome to an interview for Midland High Heels. It's nice to see you again. Yeah. How have you been? Good. 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 Yeah. Uh, there was a pretty cool party night last time in Holland. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Probably. I don't remember, so that probably means exactly. <laughs> cool. Um, how was the last uh, production? The last part of the production of your album? Um, well, after we recorded my vocals, I. Uh, Uh, Rainbow and Mike flew out to Vancouver to work with Dave Ogilvie, the producer. We've worked with him on the last bunch of albums, so I wasn't actually there mm -hmm. for the the mixing part of it, but, I mean, it was done on schedule, so I guess it went well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. And you guys uh, did it through Indiegogo, so... Um... Pledge Music, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. Similar, similar thing, yeah. We've mm -hmm. done that for the last two albums now, yeah. so it's gone really well. 
it really, I think, is a good gauge for how much support you have. So yeah. that's interesting to know. Yeah. It's good to know. Isn't it like a little bit of pressure, you know, to have um, so much expectations? Um, well, I mean, I'm kind of a, I'm a pessimist. I don't want to say nihilist. <laughs> I'm a pessimist. So I always assume, oh, God, no one's going to care. No one's going to care. And then people care. And I'm like, oh, my God. And it just it's such a nice feeling after that. But, yeah, I feel lots of pressure with that. You know, because I just worry about everything. I'm a worrier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you also just released a video. That yes. was really cool. For the song One, yeah. We filmed it at the uh, Horseshoe Tavern in Toronto, which is kind of a, mm -hmm. it's a music venue that's been around for a long time. So I remember the first time we played there years ago. I was so excited because it was the Horseshoe, so it was so cool to get to go in and do a video. And uh, I think it came out pretty nice. It did. I think it looks really good. Whose yeah. idea was it? The whole concept is very. Um, we cool. worked with uh, Chris Nash and uh, Shannon Hammer, who are two people from Toronto that we know who are they make you know short films and and um, we worked on uh, Superstition with those two as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was nice to work with them again. And we just kind of wanted to do like another kind of simple performance video, but just try and dress up and look mm -hmm. fancy. <laughs> My friend Alicia. Um, made me the skirt for that video too, so that yeah. was kind of cool. Totally, yeah, Very cool. Mm -hmm. And now you're uh, on tour with the Agonist and mm -hmm. Sirenia, mm -hmm. and uh, those are kind of very uh, different bands um, from the genre and style. How's that going to the audience like that? It's interesting. I think a lot of people who know each band maybe don't know the other bands, so it's mm -hmm. kind of cool to be able to play for people who wouldn't normally come to see your show. I personally love all the bands, so it's really fun to to watch the show every night and get mm -hmm. in the mood. Um, we toured with the Agonist actually a few years ago, and they're uh, from Canada as well, so it's yeah. it's nice to have some Canadians around. You know, <laughs> it's a good yeah. feeling. Mm -hmm. Cool. And uh, what we've also been uh, asking uh, some of the bands is. Um, The whole female fronted term. Did we ask you that last year already? I think so because I'm, I remember this. I th I think it's so dumb. I think it's yeah. like if there's, I mean it's it's cool. It's, and I'm glad to be on the tour and I understand why it's a thing. I'm just like not necessarily maybe in this instance with this tour, but I think a lot of times if you have a chick in your band. Mm -hmm. You all kind of get lumped into one category, like, well, you know, like, she, this band has a girl singer, this band has a girl singer, um, and it doesn't make sense a lot of times. I think this one does. I think it's an interesting combination, but, I mean, it's not kind of sad that there's no, like, male voices of metal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there isn't, <laughs> just because, I don't know, I guess that's the normal, right? It's just normal, yeah. so it's yeah. abnormal to have, whatever. I think I told you last time I thought it was stupid, too. <laughs> But again, like, um, I understand why it's necessary. I just wish yeah. that it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, that's, of course, what we all want. Mm -hmm. And that's actually also something that uh, has been changing. I was talking uh, about this with um, the guys from The Agonist. Mm -hmm. um, do you have maybe uh, an idea of why just now are there more female instrumentalists in middle? I don't know why. I don't know why. I think it's great, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, you could even say, <laughs> well, that's exactly it, you know? I just, it always makes you happy when you see uh, women playing instruments and mm -hmm. taking part instead of taking command like that. And, you know, obviously growing up, a lot of my, you know, role models in music were pretty much all women. So, I don't know, and you can develop a nice camaraderie with women on tour as well. So, 
I don't know. I mean, maybe as the world is changing and we're starting to address issues like inequality more and people are being more conscious of that kind of thing, maybe women feel more comfortable now, you know, yeah. instead of taking the role as a spectator, actually participating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's very cool. That's a, that's a good statement. I like it. Do you consider yourself a feminist? Oh, yeah. Yes, I do. A feminist in the way that everyone should be equal. We yeah. don't, women shouldn't hate men. But at the same time, I think feminism is just sort of acknowledging everybody should be equal, but we're kind of not. And so mm -hmm. let's make things equal. It's not about hating yeah. anybody. It's just about exactly. things aren't equal. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, they should be. Perfect. Mm. Yes. Um, how do you stay healthy on tour? Did we already also <laughs> ask you this? <laughs> I don't think you asked me that one. I don't think I am very healthy on tour. Mm -hmm. um, I try and eat well. I mean, I end up drinking more than I should and... I've always uh, wrestled with smoking cigarettes, and that can sort of amplify on tour as well. Um, on the off days, I like to go for some walks, get some fresh air. I think for me, it's more about keeping my brain healthy, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and just trying to eat good and take the kind of quiet moments where you can get them and appreciate where you are. Yeah. Keep, keep your brain good. But you do warm up your voice before the show. and Oh, yeah. A couple years ago, I had... I developed polyps on my vocal cords because I wasn't singing properly for years because I'd never had any kind of training. Mm -hmm. So after that, and I had to have surgery on my throat and all this. It was terrible, and I couldn't talk for a month. That was really... I'm sure my friends enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> But um, So yeah, no, no, totally warm up, do all that stuff, try and take care of my voice because I didn't used to do that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Lesson learned. Oh, definitely. It was a mess. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was scary. And you do your makeup yourself also? Oh, yes. Can't you? Well, it's, yeah. It's kind of interesting because um, about a month ago, I broke my elbow. Out. Yes. And uh, so I was in a cast. Mm -hmm. And then the day after I got my cast on and had surgery on my elbow, we left for a tour in the U.S. So I was performing shows with this giant plaster cast and I couldn't do my yeah. makeup at all because I couldn't reach my face. Mm -hmm. So I also now kind of learned how to do it with my left hand. Cool. So now I'm better. I can move my arm sort like way better than I could three weeks ago so I can get back but now I'm pro like this yeah. I don't know maybe it looks terrible and everyone's like yo <laughs> but yes I, I do my makeup myself perfect do you um, have any uh, recommendations any products you use or any routines you do um I tend to go cheap and cheerful I uh I wear I wear drugstore makeup because mm -hmm. <laughs> I just don't want to spend a lot of money on it yeah. um I have a red color that I've been using for years that's my favorite it's my signature it's my signature <laughs> red and i just you know i think moisturizing is very important mm -hmm. that's all i got i'm not i don't have like a that's regime great. of a beauty regime i don't <laughs> sad, oddly i don't have a beauty regime but uh no moisturizer and cheap makeup that's it cool <laughs> exactly <laughs> thank you so much is there anything else you want to say just it's great to see you again thank Yay. you for the interview i'm glad we got to a chance to catch up a little bit Thank you so much. Perfect, thank you. I'm gonna hug you. Yes. <laughs> Thanks so much. Um, I was looking for other interviews um, that the birthday massacre had, and on one of the interviews, Chibi wears a Kermit shirt. So there has to be a special connection between her and me. A Kermit yeah. connection. <laughs> <laughs> the Kermit connection. For those for the people who yeah. don't know, um, yeah, you you tell the story. <laughs> I tell the story. Um, I had a challenge at the 
uh, Metal Female Voices Fest with a guy. Uh, he said that if I wear a frog green dress with frog feet, he will buy me beer the whole day. <laughs> so I did that and he had to buy me beer the whole day. And one year later, as an homage to this outfit, I wore a Kermit shirt. Only a t-shirt with Kermit on it. Yeah, and I think you can see that picture at least in our on our website. Um, yeah, on the website or on Facebook. Yeah, and... You can see the costume in my interview with Contrast. Yeah, we're going to link that in the show notes as well. Ah, I miss... That's true. Um, I miss MFBF and the community. Hmm. We should go to Japan. <laughs> But I don't think weren't. that there will be so many... So many visitors from the crew, from our community. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, if I weren't over here in Quito, I would maybe think about it. <laughs> But from here, it's all like um, too far away. So, uh, yeah, are we done talking about the birthday massacre? Yeah, I think so. Um, in the next episode, we will continue talking about uh, sustainability because we didn't have enough time to talk about nutrition when we recorded the episode. I um, discovered a new podcast. It is a German podcast and it's called Frauen reden über Fußball, so women talk about football or soccer, <laughs> um, depends on where you're living. And um, they say they want to talk about football from a woman's perspective. And I thought, when I listened to the episode, okay, there are many things that um, also fit to women in metal as fans. And we could make an episode um, in which we just say how we... Um, why we are listening to metal, so our first experiences with metal, the first bands we were listening to, um, and how we see other women, women on stage, and also other fans, our feelings um, and impressions from them. And I have a question for our listeners out there. You can also tell us what you want us um, to talk about, so some topics for our next episodes obviously yeah we could also do an episode about football because you're a big football fan i am kind of a football fan in law <laughs> and um yeah the, the explanation of that joke is that i got into football because of my husband um but yes here in ecuador i was uh, watching the the game yesterday and it was well very frustrating and sad we won't talk about that but it's a good topic we should do that and um talking about podcasts now that you mentioned it um someone recommended us on twitter twitter and it was amazing i want to uh thank them for that so uh, margaret kelly at mev kelly asked for a good rec recommendation for a decent metal podcast hosted by ladies and at mm. stage madness mentioned us and that was it that was he didn't even say that we're cool or whatever <laughs> he just uh, um answered to that tweet 
tweet with this uh, recommendation at Metal High Heels. And um, it was just before uh, our um, our podcast episode with Steffi about the March releases came out. So I hope that um, the new listeners liked it, who read that the com recommendation. And uh, yes, keep recommending us. Thank you so much. I really liked the episode. Oh, Even you. though <laughs> I'm not interested in Seller Darling at all. <laughs> but the parts about... Um, also, the Seller Darling part was, was cool, but Forever Still and Battle Beast was really, really interesting. Especially the the interview you had with um, with the singer from um, Forever, Forever Still. Still. Yes, that was a very cool interview. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, you can... You can do that now. And I also have another update, short update from um, down here in South America. Remember that before I came here, we talked on the podcast and we said I would try to come to go to a, a concert here so that I could tell you everybody about that. Um, so apparently the metal scene in Quito and in Ecuador in general is kind of dying out, which is very, very sad. But Cradle of Filth is going to play here next month. And I'm so excited because if everything goes well, I can go see the gig and have an interview with Lindsay and or the band. Again, it would be so amazing. And yeah, um, I will keep you, keep everybody posted about that. It's been a while that we talked to Lindsay, um, and you also had an interview with Danny Filth at Rock Arts Festival. Yeah, we can link that in the show notes because that was not on our uh, YouTube channel, but on the festivals. And uh, yeah, that was really also a very cool conversation. And um, yeah, it would be very great to catch up with them here. I don't know if they have ever played in Quito before, so if it's their first time, it would be amazing. To have that opportunity. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we've come to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I hope you had fun. And the next band we will talk about will be Delane. Promise. Yes. That will be in a couple of episodes, though. So <laughs> be patient. Thanks to Cassandra Novell and her band Mercy Isle for our jingle that is based on the song. Uh, I always forget uh, from there. The song is called Storm and the, yes. the, the album is called Undying Fire. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so thank you, Cassie. I like yeah. the song and I like the album, but we are still waiting for a new release. Oh yeah, definitely. And until then, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening and also follow us on social media. Yep, you know where we are. <laughs> Thank you and bye-bye.